Underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What we're on the rise Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Jack and Mel Super Rad MMA show. It is awesome to be back. Thank you so much for joining us, Mel. How you keep them, brother? Uh, to be honest, I'm doing better, you know, fairly loaded with the cold. Lays cold. The uh, throat's not too good, as you can probably hear in my voice. I think but, it sounds uh, sexy, Mel. I got the old big bottle of water beside me, uh, ready to par through. Excellent. Well, we actually have quite a bit to talk about this week. Um, to those who've never joined before, welcome to the home of the Jack Mel's MMA Super Rad Show. Uh, we can't be grateful enough for the support we've had so far with the YouTube videos. Um, we've yes. We've... We had our first full week of releases, um, and again, follow us on Paluka Media, P-A-L-O-O-K-A, um, and that's, that's on YouTube, and you'll find numerous videos coming out every week. We had one on the Connor and Khabib shit show press conference. Uh, we gave our thoughts on Herb Dean's incident. We shared our thoughts on the John Jones incident. We even just before that put out a video, ironically, about John Jones, and then the news broke. So we've had a really, really great response. Thank you to everyone who's checked it out. Please continue to, and again, as we said just before, before we blast into it like share subscribe all that good stuff it's the biggest thing you can do to help us out uh, and it means a lot to us and as we say just tag anyone you know it's into mma and uh let's get started mel i guess the the biggest piece of news this week i can think of in terms of fight announcements has to be Joanna young j check rightfully this this was the fight that we knew was coming uh she's been confirmed to be fighting bullet valentina shevchenko for the belt um what do you make of this fight, especially considering uh, they fought three times in Muay Thai, all of which Valentina Shevchenko has won? Uh, how do you feel that will translate in this fight, and, uh, and and what do you see happening in this fight? I think uh, Valentina has to be the heavy favorite. Um, Just off the back of the Muay Thai records? Well, I mean, to say it's irrelevant is a bit blasé. Um, obviously, both super skilled strikers. Valentina has been fighting larger, stronger women and holding her own. You know, she beat Holly Holm, beat Juliana Pena. She's fought uh, Amanda Nunes twice. Who mm -hmm. Amanda Nunes is, you know, now in the running for greatest of all time women's uh, fighter. Unfortunately, she could be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, lost a very close split decision to her um, in her last Bantamweight fight. Um, I just think <sighs> Shevchenko obviously... She's obviously the bigger woman. Joanna's coming up the division. Valentina's going down the division, uh, meeting in the middle. So I've seen more of Shevchenko on the ground as well. Very few of Joanna's fights have went there. She's usually overwhelmed with striking. This is a woman she's lost to three times in striking only. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great yeah. fight. I find it very hard to pick against. Shevchenko. That that would be my pick 100%, and it's for the exact reason you've highlighted, which is uh, Shevchenko showed a willingness to go to the ground. Um, now, not not 
you know, instinctively, but you have seen the fights taken there to, and, and take place there, and she has held her own to a certain extent, so I, I'd be much more confident in the grappling ability of Shevchenko. You factor that in alongside the three Muay Thai losses, and I do find it difficult not to give her the win. That said, the biggest reason I can see that happening is I feel that Ioana hasn't responded mentally very well to the losses from Rose. Um, I get from a promotion side of things the... You know, I'm the queen. Uh, I, I understand why, you know, she's she's building that mistake. But the thing that worries me is there's something about it that tells me that she genuinely still believes that, you know, that she hasn't accepted the losses. And I do think that she will do almost what Aldo was accused of in the McGregor fight, which is coming in a little bit too aggressive to try and, and stamp, yeah. you know, you're like shit, the pressure's on her for this fight, really. It sounds odd in a title fight, but it kind of is because... You know, if she loses this fight, that's three title shots on the bounce that she's lost. It's tough to to keep giving someone a title shot past that. Yeah, uh, personally, I'm, I'm to say I'm surprised that she's getting this title fight isn't really true, considering just how thin that division that's is. That's the only reason. Yeah, and of course the scenario uh, with the former champion Nico Montano. Um, Bit of a shit show. How has been, yeah. And I think the UFC were just looking for someone reliable, with a bit of name value, bit of fan, you know, fan following. Well, it's a fun fight. Oh, it absolutely is. But uh, this, I mean, the division has felt like it's been on hold for a long time due yep. to, to various different yep, circumstances, yep, yep. and this feels like. Uh, I know the Ultimate Fighter they had, which Montano won was sort of to launch the division but this yeah. feels like a fresh start the launching of the yes of yeah the new division yeah it 100 percent does and as you say it's it, although she's not the champion anymore you and obviously it's it's rose um it does add a little bit of championship appeal if you will because it is whether whether uh well she's one of the if you look at her record she is one of exactly not just one of the best women's fighters yeah. ever just one of the best ufc yeah, that, fighters that's ever. what i was going to say you know the, the two losses although she personally has responded not very well to the press and the media but it could be remiss of me to say this because she could come out and that she may have made the correct adjustments mentally but what i'm saying is from what i have seen I don't. Yeah. I don't believe that to be the case. She looked. She looked very good against Tisha Torres. I mean, even the the second Rose fight was very close. Yep. Um, Not as close as I think she thought it was, though. No, I scored it for Rose. Same. Um, but she wasn't blown away. What's wrong with a fighter saying that? What's wrong with saying it was a close fight? It was in the wrong. I feel I was in the wrong end of the decision. You know, that's that's where my I lost a little bit of. I don't want to say respect because I'll respect anybody who gets in the cage, even CM Punk. You know, he's doing something that that ninety nine point nine to ninety nine point nine percent of the population couldn't and wouldn't do. But it do, it did make me question the championship attitude and mentality of Joanna on Jacek. Well, I think that's part of what made Joanna special was that the mystique, the mystique, the getting ad, underneath the attitude, people the in their weigh-ins, and yeah, but like the whole. You know, she carried herself with an air of in invincibility. You know, it was the same thing Ronda Rousey had until she didn't. And mm. it was, if you until actually, she had that kicked out of her. Yeah, but if you look at their career paths, they are very, very similar. Obviously, Joanna has recovered better or dealt with it better. But long term, we don't know. So, I mean, this is a fresh start for her in a new division because they probably weren't going to book her against Rose again anytime no. soon. No. She would need to string a couple together. But, 
She's also in a funny position because she kind of doesn't need to string a couple together because of how accomplished she already is in that division. Yeah. You're always a winner to your way. Yeah, well, especially if Ruse were to drop the belt, you'd have to imagine Yuana would be right back in the... I mean, we could potentially here be looking at the first two-division champ. We could see uh, for the for the, for, uh, women. for women's MMA because I could can quite conceivably see... Somebody beating Rose, well, I think, and uh, her looks, and Joanna beating somebody, beating that person. Well, yeah, I think you know it looks like Jessica Andrade is Oof. is going to be Rose's next challenger, and I would, sw- I mean, I'd, I'd based on what Andrade. Andrade has looked, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd maybe sway towards her. And Andrade, of course, is a woman who uh, Joanna handily defeated in her last defense oh, that was before it. It was Rose. Scary. So, you know, if, if you're exactly right. If Andrade takes the title from Rose, what's stopping Joanna coming back down to fight Absolutely nothing. She is already beat. And she could well be, for, for all intents and purposes, she could already be holding a belt by the time that that, that fight... Exactly. I don't think so, but it's possible. I, and I still wouldn't be, uh, maybe not now, but down the line, wouldn't be against a trilogy fight with Rose. No, absolutely not. I, I would 100% see it run back, especially considering, as you highlighted, just how close the second fight was. Yeah. Um, not much to talk about with this one, but Paul Felder set to return 2019, which is good news. We yep. we like Paul Felder. Um, that was a brutal injury too, wasn't that? Was the... Forearm snap. Speaking of which, um, Cowboy Cerrone, it's looking like he's going to be out of his fight against Mike Perry. And it looks to be a broken arm, broken elbow, broken something. As of the recording of this podcast, it was just on his Instagram. But there was no explanation, so no. we don't know if it was from now, an old picture. Dirt biking injury, it could have been a diving, cave diving injury, fell off his boat, off his motorbike, out of his car. Like with, with Cowboy, you don't know. Question though, um, how do you feel about that? Uh, considering so, it's so close to what was supposed to be the fight, how do you feel about athletes? It's a tough one because you don't want to take away their their right and their ability to do whatever it is they want to do in their private lives. But with someone like Cerrone, was it to you? Did you never get the air of just tension where it's like uh, you were just kind of waiting for this at some stage? You know, well, that's part of his appeal at the same time. It is, yeah. But I mean, if it was me. I know I wouldn't be doing it. No. Um, You'd just play rugby with a broken toe instead? I suppose, yeah. Um, The thing is, like, it's it's that whole thing. It takes two to tango. Yeah. And so his ability to make the fight directly impacts someone's ability to earn money. Yeah, and and the bottom line is, no matter who they replace Cerrone with, which I imagine they will, because they do have a bit of time before that fight. Um whoever it is, is highly unlikely to be the name that Cerrone is. So as you said, that is probably going to directly impact the amount well, of Co- eyes on it for Colorado Perry. It's in Colorado as well. So yeah. he's lost his hometown fight in the 20, yep. 25-year anniversary show. It's it's not a it's not a good look, but I mean that's but that's why fans love him. That they, they gravitate towards that that carefree personality, you know, thrill seeking personality. Um, of course, he is an independent contractor, so he can do what he well, wants. Well, that's the thing. And, um, and would you put it past him to fight? You know, if well, he, uh, well, look, here's the thing. Judging from the picture, he doesn't look. You say well, that, right? But my dad, uh, my dad broke his wrist years ago, about three days before we were driving to France. Right? He broke his wrist, and he was told. Look, no, no, nothing, nothing with that. It was a bad break, mm-hmm. and uh, after four days, we were due to head to France, and uh, he was like, "Ah, oh, stuff this." He took a pair of pliers, cut it off, cut the cast off, and drove the whole way. Now, 
it's not quite the same as a cage fighter getting into a fight, obviously. <laughs> like, yeah. Driving but, a car. But, no, no, but, but, but what I'm saying is that, you know, people people do these things and just put up with a certain amount of pain. And would you put it past Cerrone was my question. You know, any other fighter? Well, I, I think, well, not so much that. Like, I'm not questioning his, his toughness. We don't know what the injury is. I assume if it's a bad one, there's medical clearance, which will stop it happening. Not, I would hope so. Not due to, you know, willingness to fight. Um. I don't know what more. What more can you say until it actually comes out? What happened? What has and, happened? Yeah. But judging from the, the picture, it looks like either I don't know. Break. I can't tell if it's a cast or a brace, but I mean, neither are good. No, neither. Neither sets a good precedent for whether the fight will happen or not. Uh, there was quite a lot of talk this week about weight in general. Um, weight cutting. Obviously, we've we've talked about many's a time, and I'm sure it will be a theme until the day where the damned bastard's gone. Um. Johnny Hendricks came out uh, talking about his last fight at 170, basically saying, yeah, I'm a bigger welterweight. I walk around at about 210. I've done that since I was 19 years old. Walk around about 210, but the IV always brought me back. Uh, He then went on to say, you know, uh, it helped get me to where I didn't feel like I cut weight. And once Usada came into play, I had to start walking around at 190 at best. And as soon as as you can tell, I do carry, sorry, and as you can tell, I do carry a lot of weight. And that's sort of one reason why it just made it that much harder to make 170. Now, I don't know where to begin on how frustrating I find that to read. First of all, you're a welterweight. You should never be walking around at 210 pounds. Like, look at the shit that Darren Till gets for his cut. Like, and it's not as big well, as that. Uh, to play devil's advocate, back in the day when IVs were legal, he could make welterweight, and he did. But no, because the thing is, he missed weight, like, a bunch of times. Only Go- at the, the end of his run of yeah, but that, Yeah, but that's my point. Once, is once they, they put, but, come in. Yes, but the IVs only help you recover. They don't help you cut the weight. So that's my point, is that he couldn't make the weight anymore because he was too bloody heavy. You can't cut from 210 to 170. Oh, ab- absolutely. Um I, I just I, I think he could do it for a bit, but then as he said, I was nineteen. It's a bit different. Then. Oh yeah, but he was doing it for his nineteen to his early thirties. There's only that's what I'm saying. There's, he could do it for a bit, and then his body just got so beat up from doing it, he could do it no more. I just I think it's a weird thing to say to come out and be like, yeah. Once they removed the ability to rehydrate through an IV, it's like, well, don't cut that much then. Don't cut as much. Well, what I'm saying, cutting that much was less of an issue when you when you could rehydrate that way. There's lots of fighters did it. I remember reading once. Jason uh, T-Boy? Uh, it wasn't him. I think I think it was actually Ryan Bader, a guy who's never popped for anything, mm-hmm. but uh, used to rehydrate, you know, cut large amounts of weight. He's a big guy, used to cut mm-hmm. the light heavyweight and would rehydrate with an IV. Um, and that has changed. And I think, I mean, Ryan Bader must have been young enough in his career to make physical changes to his body. Too. That then he could bring his weight a bit closer or, you know, a bit lower outside of fight camp or a bit lower going into fight camp so then it was less of a cut but that's to me how it should be done if you're going to do it yeah but what i'm saying is so when this change was made you know but i'm saying like yeah but it's the sympathy it's it's the idea i I am i'm not i'm not being i'm not being sympathetic towards him i'm just trying to understand like by the time i'm just looking at his record he didn't miss weight up until 2016 and he missed weight by a quarter of a pound yes and that was i mean that was comfortably after his heyday yeah so it was you know we'll say his ufc run up post post roids post robbie lawler post losing the 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 title 
And then from there, you know, had a the terrible run of what five and one or one and five, sorry. Yeah. Um missed missed weight three times and including at middleweight. So like his body was just I think he was done. I think so, but that's kind of my point. I just I it, I think it was less to, I think that's my point. I think it was less to do with IVs. Yes. And more to do with look I think weight cutting it's a bit like head, head trauma. trauma. Yeah. yeah. You've got Every, have... everybody's got a number. There's only so many times you can do it. You don't know how many that is. But, you'll but know at when some it point, comes. Yeah. one's going to change it. One weight cut's going to change it. You're not going to be able to cut weight the same. And I think that happened to him. I well, think that happened with the Gastelum fight, ironically, against the guy who also yeah, struggled yeah, missed weight. Weight. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I just really resent the idea that we're like, because it's, it's more the idea that Johnny Hendricks is playing this, like, people should feel sorry for me. And no, it wasn't my fault. It's because of damned USADA. And it's like, no, it's because you're a welterweight who's walking about at, at plus 200 pounds. You know, like, you cannot do that. It's... It, I mean, well, obviously, well, he did. You, yes, yes, you can, but you can't, and then expect people to feel sorry for you when you don't make weight. Oh yeah, that's, that's my point. I think it's a it's a non argument. Like the the USADA ban on IVs essentially came in after he started having issues with weight anyway. So another monster who's been talking about weight is the middleweight prospect Paulo Costa. He apparently has the man been, who battered Johnny Hendricks in he, the retirement. He, that's the one. He uh, he believes that he will be the first to win three UFC belts. Now, two Spoiler things. Spoiler alert: He's not winning. He's not winning any, any yet. Uh, but two two uh, two things to comment on with that. First of all, how the hell does he think he's going to make welterweight? He doesn't. He doesn't. Another spoiler alert. Yeah, and this is my question was, were you as shocked as I was to read that the three-weight classes that he was saying were welter, middle, and light heavyweight? You would have assumed middle, light, and yes. heavy. Correct, <laughs> correct. Especially with them gastro nips and the uh, <clears throat> kangaroo meat. That whilst well, I, I showed you a picture before of him on his... Uh, his early career, and let's just say he, he he looks like he hit the weights pretty hard. That guy is not what we would refer to as natty bra. Well, we can't accuse him. Nope. Well, we can accuse we him. Can accuse we him, can accuse him. We can accuse him, but he is not guilty of anything. Um, he uh, feels the smell test to me. He looks like he's smuggling bowling balls in his shoulders, <laughs> and his traps start so behind his ears. <laughs> so accurate. Um, he is a huge huge man and like the idea that like i could get anywhere close to welterweight is madness madness he would literally have to chop off a limb well that was the thing that shocked me was you know it, it was the fact that i've i've read online that he is a big cut to middleweight which doesn't surprise me seeing how large a gentleman he is um we also are both large gentlemen he's not that tall though i thought he was taller he's not he's six foot on the yeah. dot yeah. I thought he was like six two. Yeah, I mean we're we're both large gentlemen, and whenever I see someone like that, you know, you can you can still like that. That's a it's like Ryan Bader, you know, he's just mm. he's he, he, just big, just big, big across the back, big across shoulders, big legs, big hips, big ankles, big wrists, big, and and Costa's like that, but for middleweight, I'm very surprised to see him talking about welterweight. But as you said, I don't think he's going to win anything. Um. There is one more. I mean, the, 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 he. Uh, sorry, Mel has just shown me a picture of Paulo Costa there. I, I, I'm calling it. Okay, I'm making an official stance on. He would be the person I'd be least surprised 
gets popped. That was exactly, exactly what I was going to say. That was ex- word, almost word for word. I think that of all of the people, he is the one that I can most confidently say probably and also the one I would be least surprised by. Um, Logan Paul... Uh, I didn't, I, I know, I didn't think we would ever, ever speak about him on the podcast, but there you go, there's first time for everything. Logan Paul made a really valid point to Dana White. Dana White, um, to those who don't know, made a, a reporter asked him about would he ever fight, would Logan Paul ever fight in the UFC? And Dana White made a comment about how he would get killed in the UFC. And Logan Paul, and let's play devil's advocate on behalf of Logan Paul, a sentence I never thought I would say. He basically responded to Dana White saying, you let CM Punk fight, you've had, you have no idea of what I'm capable of. No. Absolutely valid point. 100% valid. No, let me say, I had to look up Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, he was famous he appeared, for uh, showing a dead guy on his yeah, channel or something. Yeah, he's a vlogger yeah. or something. And he had a boxing match with another YouTuber. Uh, KSI. KSI in the summer, which apparently did bonkers, stupid numbers. And so I looked up that fight to see what he was actually like. Now, to give the guy credit, not terrible. Not terrible. It was an amateur fight, so they weren't headgear. But he looks like a big athletic guy. And so I went a bit further with my investigation. found out he's a, I can't remember what, he's either Division One or Division Two wrestler. Yep. So he obviously knows, you know, he's obviously he knows got, a thing or two. got a bit of that. And he's absolutely right. To, it is pure hypocrisy. Um, to say that, you know, like, oh, I don't want to see this guy here because he would get killed. When you literally give CM Punk not one, but two shots in the UFC, a guy who has no athletic background, didn't wrestle in college, has no striking background, has, I think he was, what, like... A blue belt in BJJ? If even, when he was signed. Yep. Um, so, God, I hope he doesn't get into the UFC because, I mean, the CM Punk thing was freak show enough. Yep. But at the same time, he does have a valid point to argue against Dana White. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and to to further that that point, um, you would have to what I have seen of Logan Paul's f- fight with KSI. I agree with you; it weren't the prettiest, but for in terms of two amateur boxers, especially you know two YouTubers, um, and that was not said with disrespect, but as in you know people that you wouldn't expect to be not professional athletes. Yes, and they they both did okay, but Logan Paul certainly looked looked more athletic and better, um. The the thing that 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 I find intriguing about this is I actually think that Logan Paul might do more pay per view buys than CM Punk. Absolutely, and that's what intrigues me about this is that he's completely right because this isn't just well, the, this this is unverified, but apparently I'm just looking up in front of me a report in the Sun newspaper says that uh, KSI versus Logan Paul viewing buys peak at seven hundred eighty four thousand. That's a lot. That's bigger than 95% of UFC pay-per-views. If you got half of that, that's probably more than CM Punk brought to, oh, to that card. Absolutely. So, I don't even think CM Punk's last fight did particularly well. It didn't. It was like um, 500,000 buys or something, wasn't it? I think it was comfortably less than that. I think his first fight did that. Um, but he, uh, he obviously has a huge following, mm-hmm. this guy. Um but God, I hope it's we just. But that's the thing. I don't watch the UFC to oh get the most the most people to see it because let's be honest, a fight between Brad Pitt and George Clooney would probably sell gangbusters. True. Doesn't mean it's a fight I want to see. Absolutely true. Um, it's just a dangerous business if you get into that. Oh well, we're signing because he will sign. You know, we'll sell a bunch of pay per views. 
There's lots of things which would sell a lot of pay-per-views. I agree, but I think that, and we've spoken about this before, and there'll be more on this later. Spoiler alert. Yeah, the only problem is when you take the defense of, well, I'm upholding the integrity of the sport. I don't want to see this amateur get killed. Well, then you can't sign CM Punk. Correct, and that was... Because you lose your leg to stand on. Yeah, exactly, and and, and Logan Paul knows that, and it's a baller move by him because it does put the ball back in his court um, to an extent. I don't think it'll ever happen. I could actually sooner see him go into the likes of Bellator where they would actually, ironically, I think that if Logan Paul is to be remotely serious about this... Who knows if he he even is? Well, who knows, but if he is, if he is, Bellator might be interested in terms of a little longer-term project. from from my looking into who logan paul was i think he's doing just fine without having to put himself through the the rigors of training to be a professional absolutely but brock lesnar was doing just fine and i'm not trying to compare the two people they're a different beast but what i'm suggesting to you is that if people have that within them where they want to showcase that they want to fight there is no substitute for it other than to go do monkey see monkey want monkey do and and that's that's absolutely fair point i mean time will tell but as for me I've always said it to you, the UFC should be, you know, the cream of the crop. You should earn your way in and you should earn your space on the roster. Yes, I do agree with you there. And um, having a bazillion YouTube followers just does not cut it. No, but it does translate into money and that does cut it to the UFC because the UFC has quietly gone about turning itself well, into if a, if a anything, show. The CM Punk fiasco and just how bad those were and how bad it looked like i did think that damaged the sport and damaged the ufc's of brand it did, yeah. for short-term goal or short-term profit which i don't even think it, it necessarily equated to um hopefully that taught them a lesson that you know there is more value in upholding the integrity of the sport and people will churn, uh, tune in to see the best fighting the best not just yeah well my, my stance on that is that the ufc don't care about that they don't care about the best fighting the best. They care about the best bankroll coming in, and uh, we will have more on that. I think shortly. to an extent. I think that's what I'm saying. I think this might have taught the lesson a bit. I'm hoping so, but Dana White's a stubborn man, and you know, any time that he can can get more money for the company, he's going to do it uh, because that's his job. That's his job for the WME group now. Uh, different whenever it was, you know, Uncle Dana and, you know, the Fertitas and and there was much more incentive for him to do it for them and wanting to see the fights. And, you know, there was a lot a lot more of a, a dare I say, fight culture where it was it was about proving the reputation of of UFC and the, and the MMA uh sport to to the rest of the public who hadn't caught up yet and you know i think that since they've lost that since it's kind of gained itself a bit of traction as a a platform if you will where many common uh not common uh casual fans you know they they don't watch mma they watch ufc bro you know like they they, and, and 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 ufc to be fair has built that legacy but they built that legacy off people like um matt hughes and well they built the legacy because they were fighting the eliminate the stereotype of it being a freak show well they but yeah but that's my point is that now now that the fertitas right so that, that's that's exactly what i was trying to say there which is that the, the whole business model with the fertitas was to generate as much money for them as they could now uncle dana's job is to generate as much money for the wme group oh, yeah. and because of that the fights are about to get a hell of a lot wackier and a hell of a lot weirder um and i unfortunately could see the ufc almost go in the way of pride that now i don't mean that in the negative because we love pride but I, I could see it kind of taking on some of that putting on the shit show fight just to you know 
to, to, to bring in money and nothing else. You know, so many, so many times you, you, you can see CM Punk twice, of course, in the UFC, as we know, but how long before there's another celebrity? How long before Logan Paul or KSI or what if, and God forbid, but what if Logan Paul and KSI the rematch in MMA. Now, it would, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I'm just saying that things like this are going to become more commonplace in the I UFC. Suppose, uh, the saddest thing of all is that if Logan Paul and KSI wanted to have an MMA fight, they'd probably make more money just putting it on themselves. Probably. Uh, well, more. That's my point. If they're going to take part in the sport, there's other avenues, and they should f- pursue those than than the UFC because the UFC should drop this shit show thing. They won't because it's all about money, but they should mm. drop it. Um, Eddie Alvarez, we knew his contract was up essentially with the UFC. Um, probably my favorite Reddit comment ever uh, was was on this thread. I was reading about it, and he is exploring his options with one FC, uh, one one championship in uh, in Asia, and. Uh, the thing I found fascinating about it was obviously the the Asian crowds known for being very reserved during the match, very <laughs> respectful. And uh, someone commented underneath it saying, "And apologies for not for not knowing the username." Uh, basically, oh god, can you imagine Eddie Alvarez's wife in the deathly silent Asian crowd? Ooh. Oh, could you imagine? Uh, I couldn't think of anything worse. Uh, good move for Alvarez, in my opinion. Watch yours. I per- yeah, great move, and I hope he gets paid well. Yep, if he goes there. I'd personally like to see him back in Bellator. Um, I would love to see the, the Chandler fight happen again. Oh. Um, oh. Well, there's a bunch of options in, in Bellator at lightweight. Um, Martin Nguyen is the one champion who, of course, is also their featherweight champion. So that would be a great fight. You'd imagine Eddie, wherever he goes, is probably straight in the title picture of any yep. of any organization. Um course ben Askren is also still with one i believe you could see eddie moving up to welterweight Ooh, fighting ben i don't think he would fight ben Askren. i think that would be a, a dumb dumb move for mr alvarez um although although there have been rumors still that uh when his when Askren's contracts up apparently mr uncle dana white is actually going to meet up with him is there a fighter that you want to see in the UFC more than Ben Askren? Because to me, I don't want to watch any fight more than I want to watch either Ben Askren Habib or Ben Askren GSP. Uh, probably not. I mean, there are prospects out there who, in time, I would like to see fighting the best. Um, but as for guys currently at the top, you know, it, it, it's a no-brainer to have Ben Askren. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's a good move for, for Alvarez, and as we said, we wish him all of the best. Um, Thiago Santos almost pulled out of UFC Sao Paulo. It's just a quick question for you. Um, I find it interesting. He nearly pulled out because he had a leg injury, right? It was just a minor niggling injury that he'd had come back. Apparently, he couldn't uh, practice takedown uh, defense during the, during the week leading up to the fight. And it got me to thinking, and I have one simple question for you. Do you praise fighters who go into fights injured or do you think it's dumb? Now, obviously, bear in mind that we, like, I understand that an injury is a broad term, yeah. but in, in general, what are your thoughts on this? Because we're starting to see this a lot, you know, where the press are there for everything now and we start to hear the snippets like this after the fight. How do you feel about fighters fighting injured? Very dependent on the severity of the injury. I think that, that is the, unfortunate, at, yeah. at the simplest of terms. If it's, I mean, everybody, 
if you're training to fight, you're going to be hurt somewhere. Even if it's as simple as a we tear, a we bruise, tweak, yeah. even you know bad bruising or some, you know, like no one is fighting a hundred percent fresh. No. Um, if it was a debilitating injury, uh, different. Um, I don't know the severity of his injury. If he had lost the fight due to it, or you know, due to not being able to you know, f- have a full range of, of offense or even defense. Yep. Um, different story. Um, unfortunately, I mean, that card's main event took an absolute hammering uh, in the in the run-up to that, and I'm sure there was pressure that he wouldn't want uh, to lose yet another main event uh, fighter to it. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it does. It, it is a severity of injury. Unfortunately, fighters aren't paid enough that, you know they can fight at peak condition a lot of the time they have to take essentially what's given to them because you don't fight you don't get paid 100 percent correct um the new section now it is time for our new saints and sinners section This, obviously, is a new section, so just so that you're clear on how it works, the MMA gods who look down upon all of the MMA happenings each week, well, they have entrusted us with some very special powers. Mel, would you like to tell our lovely listeners what exactly they are? They have bestowed on us the gift of judgment. Oh, my goodness. We will be judging each week a number of saints. And indeed sinners. Indeed. And we will decide, as judge, juries, and executioner of all of the above, we will decide who this week has been a saint and who this week has been a sinner. I will start by putting forward, as a saint male, Charles Oliveira, who set a new UFC all-time record for submissions, which when you think about Gracie, when you think about... Like, well, that alone. Maya. Maya, Gracie, you have... um, BJ Penn. The list of people that that he has... uh, Usurped. Yeah, usurped right to the top. To me, he gets sainted. He gets a sainthood. There is no debate. Do you have a rebuttal? I do not. He He is heavenly. Well, by the power bestowed upon us by the MMA gods, we can now officially declare Charles Oliveira a saint for this week. The Congratulations. Sub- the submission saint. The submission saint. I love it. The tap-out saint. Um, do you have any saints and sinners you would like to put forward? I would like to bring forth, for judgment, Henan Barai. Oh, okay. I'm assuming that, uh, that that he's been a very well-behaved boy, Mel. No, in <gasps> fact, once again, has managed to miss weight, put in a poor performance, and just generally look shitty. And I must say, he has to be considered a sinner, sent straight to hell, because he has lost his soul, because TJ Dillashaw currently it. owns it. That is so unbelievably accurate and true. Uh, Barai not only missed weight... Missed weight, put in a, a less than stellar performance and still came out and said that he could get a title shot and will get the belt. Like, there is not a universe that I can I can see existing that I think he still has what Condemn it takes. Condemn him for, for, for crimes against weight cutting, delusion, delusions of grandeur, <laughs> all of it. He has not not been doing his penance properly to the he MMA gods. He has obviously not done his yearly pilgrimage to the mountain of the MMA gods. Um, 
I agree completely. I think that Barai has lost just his a, way. A, his just way. a step. He's lost a step, and mm. and it's it's done. It, it not not necessarily his career. I'd like to see him as a bit of a gatekeeper role. The guy. Jeez, oh, no. I think I am done. If you're losing to Andre Ewell, Ewell, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't even know how you pronounce it because before this fight, I'd never heard of the guy. And when I went to look him up, doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. No offense Fair. to the guy. But if you were at one point considered the pound for pound best or right up there and you're losing like that to that caliber of opponent. True. I True. Think, I think it's curtains. I True. think your career is pretty much over. Well, let's let's bring it back to a more positive note then. I'm going to put forward Lil Nog. I am going to put him forward. Now, one of the biggest upsets that happened in UFC history, ironically, your lock of the week. I dare I, I remind you, your lock oh, of the I week. Was, I was one hundred percent convinced Sam Alvey was going to put him to sleep. Combination of things. First of all, age, age, chin, chin. Oh, his chin's gone. His body's just completely broken. But the the, the what I was talking about there in terms of like just a few things was, um, he looked up for the fight, and it's the first time that I've seen that in a while. Um, and he took it, Alvey put the pressure on him, and. He got the win. This is the perfect time to retire. Um, I, I, I think that it, it, it has to go this way. Um, and I, I wish it weren't so. Absolute legend of the sport. But to me, that win, hometown crowd, everything, like I have to put him forward for a sainthood this week. Uh, yeah, and I second that. Excellent. Um, there's no, like you said, though, I also agree. There's nowhere for him to go. I don't know what age he is. He must be in his 40s. Yes, he's 42. Oof. Um, yeah, right off into the sunset it's with a, bad a loss for Alvi. With a big upset win, it is a bad loss for Alvi. I mean, what's next for Alvi? Uh, I think he floats about in the same position. I think he's one of those fighters that just never changes. I saw a, a stat that he has fought on sixteen fight night cards in a row. Has never fought on a numbered pay per view. That's quite sad because whether you like him or you don't like him, you know, he, he's definitely he definitely deserves to have at least headlined a prelim or something. You know, on yeah. a, on a main card. Um. But I'd, I'd, I'm glad that by the power vested in us by the MMA gods that we are able to declare Lil Nog a saint. So at the end of the day, he may not have won the belt, but he has won our hearts, Mel. Uh, he deserves immunity from ever being a sinner because Lil Nog versus Shogun Hua in Pride in 2005. It's one of the best fights ever. Is, yeah, one of my favorite fights ever. So he will forever be a saint in my heart. Well, this is it's good that we have this kind of bias that we can just like abuse our powers like this and, you know, officially declare him a diplomatic immunity from any other yeah. kind of MMA deity. Yeah. Um, so that that's a good thing. Uh, do you have another saint or another sinner to put forward, Mel? I would like to bring forth Sergio Moraes as a saint. Okay, I'm assuming that this is based off his teachings. It is. This embodied the spirit, the spirit and respect within Jiu-Jitsu and uh, MMA as a whole, and just general competition. That these two guys they didn't have to hate each other. Ben Saunders, of course, you're, ben you're talking yes, about. Yeah, opponent Ben Saunders, who he, he defeated by submission. Which, by the way, tapping out Ben Saunders. I didn't know easy feat. No, it is not. Wiley veteran Sergio Moraes, third degree black belt. Like super slick. I'm, I could be quoting wrong, but I, I think I remember. Like, he, I'm pretty sure he's won Brazilian Jiu Jitsu Black Belt World Championships. Yes, at some level yes. or the Mundials. No, or he something. did. He did. Yeah. Um. 
And and also to Ben Saunders for, you know, not letting ego get in his way. You know, being in a position, being humble and being able to learn from a man who essentially just choked you unconscious in front of Well, well not, not unconscious, but would have. Well, oh yeah, but that, that's exactly what, what, what I was about to say, which is that it, it shows, like, it's, it's the reason why Ben Saunders has been around for so long, because he clearly has the correct attitude. And you know what? The MMA gods will award people with that commitment and that lack of ego, because as we know, ego kills more fighters than anything else. That is very true. Um, that's a, it's an, uh, that's a great pick, and it's a really nice, wholesome thing to see as well. You know, as you say, it's always nice. Even when you see, you know, two fighters backstage after a fight, that's one thing. Mm. But when you see them rolling together, training together, and going, no, 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 I'll show you how I fucked you up now. <laughs> you know, it's it's great. Um, I have one more for the list, um, and I'm afraid the MMA gods will not be happy in regards to this. It is definitely a sinner on my my part here. Um, I believe John Jones guilty. Um, yeah, well, there we go, and that solves it. So we'll see you next week. Um, um. <laughs> John Jones. The issue here is that it's getting messier and messier. To anybody who needs caught up on the situation, we have a YouTube video on this very topic, which you can find at YouTube uh, by searching Poluca Media. Um, I think that. The real issue here is that it, there's a lot of misinformation regarding what's going on. So his manager came out and jumped to his defense saying that, oh, he can't snitch on people. He can only snitch on himself. And USADA came out and went, that's not true. If he's only switching on himself, we're going to give you a big old suspension. Um, it's just further shit show. The reason that I am so certain he is guilty is the exact reason that you stated. You just went, guilty. It's because John Jones is guilty. Like, he's just in a state of perma guilt. <laughs> like, he needs to accept that he is not he is not perfect and seems to still hide behind this guy. that, oh, but I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy, people. It's like, no, you're not. You're a sociopath, mate. You're a narcissistic sociopath, and I can't wait until someone beats you. And they will, because what's going to happen is... No, I'll tell you why I believe this so strongly, Mel. Watching the guy's ego... That, well, ironically, we've just come full circle from second ago. What kills more MMA fighters than anything else? Ego. His ego was so big that OSP gave him one of the toughest fights he's ever had. And as good as OSP is, he should never have had a tough fight against John Jones. John Jones should have walked through him like by by comparatively against the competition that John Jones has faced in the past. But he didn't. Why didn't he? Well, because he didn't train, as he likes to brag about. I don't want to see a champion come in and be like, I don't train. I don't, I, you see this whole John Jones is a freak, he's the best in the world. Yes, but that only lasts so long. That only lasts so long unless yeah. there's an outright dedication to train, to drill, to repeat. And I get it. People are going to probably jump on me for this and say, oh, but you know, you can't argue with the record. No, you, you can't to an extent. And that's why I'm saying he's currently the greatest, but someone will beat him soon. I'm calling it now. This is my official lock of 2019. John Jones will get beaten in 2019. You mark oh, my words. Geez. Yep. You mark my words. I am confident about this, and I don't know why. It's a gut feeling. I think someone's going to knock his block off soon because I think that he's getting overconfident in his ego and his ability. And at the end of the day, whilst his ability is great, I just don't think you can... And he has so far for a long time, to be fair to him. I don't think you can sustain that level of competition without 100% commitment to your craft. All valid points. Why is John Jones? That is true. It, 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 
trumps all. It does. All it does currently. I um, will admit that. I can't see him losing next year. I just can't see. I who. think Gus will beat him. Oh no! Yeah, no. Gus made him look not no. as good as he Gus, is. Gus had his chance, and I, could, well, I, I don't know. I've heard people say this, like, "Oh, but Gus, if he could have done it, he would have done it the last time." It's like Gus is that, probably that the, better now than he's ever been. Possibly. My point. John but. Jones isn't because he's just as good as he's ever been. He just, mm. he, but this is my point. He isn't training and saying that himself. He's well, not he, developing new he, skills. He, he, he's, could, he could have been training. He's been, could have been training this whole time. We don't know. He is now. Well, how else would he have found all the time to take all the coke and run people over? And like, I mean, he can't be that committed to take, training. You can take coke in your spare time and running people over. Sure. It only takes a second. We've, my, all, we've all been there. <laughs> my tongue is, my tongue is half in my cheek with this. I understand that John Jones is without a doubt in the conversation for the greatest of all time. And I'm not trying to take that away. I just don't say, I, I don't see Gustafson beating him. And I suppose the other one is DC and DC is just getting older yeah, and, you know DC at heavyweight would be an interesting one because yeah, I, but John, I have a feeling that John Jones is also going to be a beast at heavyweight. I would say he will be big at heavyweight, but I just I think that DC. I look at the cut. I look at that cut, and I think there's no way that he isn't super depleted from it. I just find it difficult to not make a case for DC being better at heavyweight. Oh, He's yeah. unbeaten at heavyweight. He, he will be better at heavyweight, but I'm also putting it out there. I think Jones will also be better at heavyweight. Fair enough. Well, what time, time will tell, but are we, are we at least in agreement on behalf of the MMA gods after all yes. that, that he is a sinner? Uh, yes, okay. he is in fact sinner. And uh, tell you what, if I was one of John Jones training partner, uh, I wouldn't be answering the front door anytime soon because it's probably USADA. It will be USADA. And uh, do you know what? I just think he's a card and a snake. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, well, mate, he's stabbing people in the back that, 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 whether we like it or not, have helped him out throughout his career. See the people that he's been getting these things off or whatever it is. You know, those are people that basically John put their trust in and he put their trust in John. And then John just the went... Loyalty amongst thieves. No, but this is my point. That's why I don't like him. Because it's his ego, mate. He thinks he's more important. Do you know what? The only thing he could have done to get away from perhaps being cast forever as a sinner by me, um, and I do have the power bestowed upon me now, mm. um, the one thing that I would say he could have done was at least fucking own up to his mistake own it like a man, take it on the chin what you've done and just say, I fucked up. Take your suspension and snitches get fucking stitches. Just take your suspension and don't be a little rap bitch. Like, I I hate it. I hate it. I hate that he's so self-serving and I, I just... It, it, well, as I said, we have YouTube videos on this. You can find more ramblings of Mad Men on our YouTube channel. And um, Do you have any more Saints or Sinners before we move on, sir? I have one last Saint to be brought forth. Who? Mr. Dana White. Hold on, as a saint? As a saint. And I, I'm, finding, I know, I'm finding this hard to believe now, I know this. I know this shocks you. And it shocks myself. Uh, I, I would dare say, as this section continues on... There will be shocks. Dana yeah. will find himself probably more in the sinner section. Um, but this week, uh, I suppose it's a feel-good story. Um, Matt Hughes, as we uh, all know, yes. one yep. of the, the best ever... Um, my favorite fighters. Yep, still recovering from his horrible uh, train accident. Where yeah, things went a bit off the rails there. Oh dear. 
<laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't oh, help it. I'm sorry. Oh, that's terrible. I know. That's thrown me right off. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Oh no. Well, they were uh, premiering his the documentary about Matt Hughes's re- recovery, and by all accounts, it's a miraculous recovery. Oh, phenomenal. Um. And that joke, didn't, by the way, was meant with, of course, no disrespect to Matt House. Uh, it was just a just a pun. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, to those who don't know, he was hit by a train, well, his car, his truck. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't really heard Matt speak since the accident. I saw him. You know, he obviously has trouble walking now. You know, um, we saw him. I can't remember which card it was, but we saw the UFC did that nice video package and he got yes, to, to have walk, package, you know, yeah. another walkout. Um, that was very emotional. But I hadn't heard him speak and. You know, his speech is obviously very limited now and and impaired, and it was it was touching to see a great physical champion, not what they were. It, it, it I, I can't I can't quite put my finger on why it was. I found it emotional. I guess I think it's because he he had you know his whole legacy had been built on being that big strong farmer, farm, bo- yeah. farm boy, and, and then you see a man that can't. The can barely yeah, walk yeah, as yeah, such. Yeah. yeah, you know, you know. It's the contrast between what the man like. It's 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 that thing of like what you know him as and what he is now are two very different things. It's it's the same feeling as, but obviously not for the same reason. It's like when you haven't seen someone that you went to school with in ten years and you see them and they don't look great for whatever reason and you go, oosh. It's yeah, that, it's but, not, but not it's with not as you remember. Yeah, but yeah. amplified because obviously he's one yes. of the best champions ever. But uh, yeah, and it was quite touching just to see that uh, you know saying how Dana called his wife when the accident happened and said you know if you need anything, uh, he'll be there to help it. And I honestly believe that when that you he know, means it, that he means it. And uh, like we give Dana a lot of shit for for business practice in this, but I think you know this is just highlights again that deep down. In there, there is a good guy who is fiercely loyal to those close to him. Yeah, well, to those um, who made him money. Well, yeah, but I th- I believe that in this case, there's more than that there. Do you? Yeah, I I I don't know why. I just for this reason, I just this time, I believe that. Um, and I just yeah, I think that's it. Just fair enough. Dana usually ends up on our center section, but I I, I genuinely believe this was a a good and honorable act. So well, it is to be considered for sainthood, as at the, least for this week. Well, yes, for at least one week, that is the thing. It may only last a week. I will be, he can I, be an interim saint. He can be an interim saint, and then we'll just strip him after he refuses to defend it. Covington style. Um, I, I must admit that it's been a true privilege getting bestowed with this power, but there's a lot of pressure and responsibility in making people saints and sinners. So please, please, to anyone listening... Don't let us shoulder this burden on our own and get involved in the discussion. Let us know if you think that any of these were indeed saints or any of them were sinners or if there's anyone you'd like us to nominate next week. If you see a news story that you think is saint or sinner worthy, please, please get involved because the discussions that we've seen happening on our YouTube videos and Facebook pages, it's, it's great. It's great to see. And that's kind of what this podcast's about. It's just about us sharing our opinions so that you can share yours and we can all discuss it because... Yeah, they're all opinions at the end of the day. Don't take it too serious. Opinions are like our souls. Everyone stinks. Um, that's uh, that's it for Saints and Sinners this week. So uh, we will be back next week with more Saints and Sinners, of course. Emma may be with you, Jack. Emma may be with you. Oh, no, hang on a minute. That's not what they bestowed upon us no, at all. Not. Emma may be with you. 
and also, also with, with you. you. Correct. Oh my goodness, I will have to repent for that one tonight. Mm. I'll have to get down with my stone tablet and start start writing. Mm. Um, the last thing we're going to talk about this podcast is uh, Gegard Masasi's comments uh, about the UFC, and that will lead us on to talk about the one and only Bellator 206, which is this awesome. Weekend. Yeah, this weekend, but awesome. Uh, Musasi basically made a statement during the week saying he feels that the UFC is declining. The reason I was so keen to talk about this today was I've been saying this for a while, and I know you've kind of been playing devil's advocate on it and kind of going, yeah, sometimes, and then sometimes, no. I I think that he's right, and Bellator 206 proves to me exactly why. Now, we're not really going to get into why Gegard said that. He said that because of the way things are in the UFC, the, the interim belts, things being stripped, fights falling through, bad weight cut. Just, it's just everything. There's a whole pay circus. Structure. Pay structure is a big one. But there's a whole bunch of, of circus act stuff going on that, that's leading him to say this. But the reason it's relevant is because Bellator 206, to my eyes, is one of the best and I'm not saying this lightly, it is one of the best fight cards, especially the main event, which is what we'll be focusing on here. It's one of the best fight cards I've ever seen. Ooh, I wouldn't go as far as that, but it is certainly very good, headlined by the best fight the world could make outside of the UFC. Correct, but this is why it's one of the best fight cards to me. And this is I will I will play devil's advocate. So I, I'm we're, we're just going to look at the main card because yes. you know lots of reasons. But that's talent. what that's specifically what I'm talking yeah. about. One of the best main cards I've ever seen. So Kerry Melendez versus Dakota Zimmerman to open it, which is it a solid. Belong, it's solid, but it does not belong on the main card. No, it doesn't belong on the best card you can remember. Oh, no, no. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. Aaron Pico versus Leandro Higo. Higo? I'm not sure how to pronounce that. I'm probably doing it wrong. Aaron Pico, super exciting. We were talking earlier, you were saying, you know, is there anybody outside the UFC who you'd like to see in there? Aaron Pico is is that guy down the line. I think he's in the perfect place right now, but he is possibly the most exciting prospect in the sport. I would say that that's probably accurate. He's 3 one and 0 his first fight being his only loss, three uh, TKO wins after that, and uh, well, I, a wrestler who has now become a monster striker. Like oh, his, his, last, body, his shots body shots are, just, are sickening. Oh, they're phenomenal, so um, crisp. I'm glad to see Bellator bringing him along at the right correct uh, pace, right pacing. Yeah, Douglas Lima versus. Uh, Andre Karskov. What a fight. Great fight. It is a great fight. Um, I think Lima takes this handily. Maybe not handily, but I do favour Lima. This, of course, is the opening round of the Welterweight Grand Prix. Which is the exact reason why I think this might be one of the best cards ever. This is, it is the I, I'm not disputing it's a great card. I'm just debating it's, you know, possibly greatest card. Oh, no, I, it is one of the best cards I've ever seen, main card-wise to me. Um, just while we're on the, the Welterweight Grand Prix, I mentioned this earlier, completely passed me by, went under the radar, that Eric Silva has, repl- has replaced uh, Amosov yes. in this tournament. Yep. And I I think there's a great story to be told there And that Eric Silva was this... He was su- the it guy. Yep. Good-looking guy, super highly touted prospect, came to the UFC, great record, ran through his first few opponents, apart from that dodgy sub uh, DQ loss to yep. Carlo Prater, uh, or Prater, sorry. And then just alternated wins and losses. He's been in the UFC for, or he was in the UFC forever, and it just never happened to him. He is not the young prospect anymore. He is a 34-year-old man looking 
to gain that bit of glory which which was nearly promised to him and i just think what a place to do it imagine eric silva turned back the clock and finally reached the, 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 potential, the potential the long-touted yeah. potential and he's fighting lorenz larkin i believe it's a great uh, fight. at the next uh, bellator event it's a great fight so um yeah douglas lima Koreshkov, uh, i believe this is the third fight between the, th- yep. the two of them <coughs> pardon me uh then co-main event rampage jackson versus one right. so at heavyweight this is what i was going to this is what i was going to talk about this is as close to a potential murder yeah i can imagine so this rampage jackson's head is like 25 oh no it's more it's probably about 50 pounds of weight on its own it is huge he's massive he has got massive he yeah. is he is a big gentleman he's, he's always jacked, been a big though. guy big hands big wrists maybe not jacked but thick with three c's that's that's what i mean though he's 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 like he's got that Wanderlei Silva at this point in his career is certainly not a heavyweight. No, and his chin is. I expect him to get absolutely iced. I think he's going to get iced dead. A like, scary knockout. Yeah, that's literally. I mean, the, the, the last fight between those two many, many years ago at light heavyweight in the UFC, Rampage shut him off. And it's oh, left hook, wasn't it? Was it was beautiful yeah. shoulder roll into the yeah. left hook, um, and then a few extras on the ground. Well, I can't blame him because there was a lot of genuine hatred between the mm. two of them, and and long may it continue. But this is why I was talking about this just being an awesome, one of my favorite cards. Not like I agree. In hindsight, I agree with what you're saying in terms of like I, I'm not. It's not the best card ever. It's probably the best Bellator card ever. But what what it represents is is everything that I like about fighting. Hot new prospects and Pico, the aging veterans like Rampage with and Wanderlei with story exactly. Yeah. The welterweight Grand Prix we've talked about our love yeah. of Grand Prix in and the then past. The main event is the best, which the best. which we will get to in yeah. two seconds. I completely agree with your assessment. I think that Rampage ices this. He is my Jaboom lock of the week. Yeah, well, he's also my shoe-in of the week. Oh, my goodness. I, the, 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 we're doubling down. Well, I on, wonder on what the odds are on that at the minute. Probably not great. I, I was just looking up Rampage there. Nearly 10 years ago, and in, in December, it'll be a decade since their last fight. Oh. 2008. Flip me. Um, Scary. And Vonderlei just looks... Like an old, uh, an old man. Obviously, a legend of the sport. Couldn't respect him anymore. But a guy who probably doesn't need to be fighting anymore. No, especially at heavyweight against one of the the guys with the heaviest hands in MMA history. Well, he's he. This is this is one of the things that's interesting about that is that Vanderlei. He's one of the last of that generation of anytime, any place fighters. You know, like we obviously still get them, but it's a bit different now, isn't it? It's not quite the same as the anytime anywhere guys that 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 existed then like i mean they're famous for i mean most of his fighting was done in the gym you know like they're famous for that but what i will say is that that shows that shows now you know compare him to anderson silva who's probably a similar age well he's also a shoot shoot box guy um i just think everybody's different and just how your body holds up differently wonderly style more than anderson style you know, lots of damage. He's had facial reconstruction. He's had scar tissue removed. He's had some bad knockouts. Crocop separated him from his senses a couple of times. Henderson got him. Rampage. You know, there's been a few bad ones. And just fighting Rampage at heavyweight in 2018. Rough. Like, Vanderlei Silva's prime 
was a good 13 years ago. Oh, yeah. Easy. You know. I, well, I mean, we're both in agreement with who's going to win that one. He, um, he may surprise us all. I just don't. I just can't see it. Can't, I just can't see how he gets it done. I, I can't. Um, uh, the only way I say is if Rampage shows up. Like, out of shape. Well, and like ridiculously out of shape. Like just couldn't be no our cardio, trainer. No cardio, no. But this is Wanderlei Silva. He's training, you know, he will be training because he doesn't like him. Yeah. But, I, but that's what will be I, I was actually watching a retrospective with Rampage talking about those fights. And he was saying, you know, there were some circumstances. The first fight, he thought he was winning with the ground and pound, and then the ref stood them up for some reason. In the second fight, he was fasting. Um, He was in his weirdly religious phase, and he was fasting going into the fight, and he said the first punch Wanderlei hit him with just put him out as his body wasn't ready. And he said... This is what scared me for Wanderlei. The third in the third fight, Rampage said, "It's as close as he's felt to a god fighting a man." So Rampage, like he has that in him now. Well, he he felt nothing from Wanderlei, and that was ten years ago. Yeah, what's it going to be like now? Exactly. The main event, um, which by the way, Musasi, three to one or one to three, sorry, the favorite. Yep, and McDonald, two to one. This is a great fight. It is possibly, as you already highlighted, the best fight that could be happening outside of the UFC. Musasi, just so unbelievably well-rounded. Um, Rory McDonald could be the world's best welderweight. He he could well be. And last man to beat, Tyron Woodley. Yep. Yep. And uh, <laughs> that's, the, well, that's an interesting one because you would have to imagine that... So McDonald, I would favor in the grappling exchanges. I... I don't think anybody has a clear advantage anywhere in this No, fight. that's that's my point, is that, like, so I would slightly favour McDonald and on the ground. I can't but even, I, would, I can't even, uh, it's literally that close to me. I can't slightly favour anyone anywhere. These guys are, like... They're just, they're so well-rounded. So well-rounded at the top in, in all aspects of the game. The only, like, and we'll go back to it. Usassi's had 52 fights. Oh, yeah, like, he's 52. been there, done it all. Um, oh, my God. Fought at heavyweight. <laughs> yeah, I fought at heavyweight. Some monsters. I, I like. I suppose I'm just gonna have to lean towards Masasi based off the size advantage. Like he's not gonna, he's not gonna dwarf McDonald in there. And McDonald has come out and said he learned lessons from seeing GSP fight at middleweight that he hasn't put on a whole bunch of extra weight. So I wouldn't imagine him to be too different than his his, his welterweight. No, I'd imagine that he's he's going down the approach of I'm just gonna give myself an easy cut. I'm just not gonna cut weight. Yeah. Essentially, or if I am, it's gonna be a, a, a very, pounds, a very yeah. small amount. Um man, this fight is about It's a builder. <laughs> it really, really is. Um I, 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 I don't know how to pick it and that's what I was saying is I I don't I kind of agree with you in that I don't have a severe advantage either way. If I had to, and I well, mean is, really had to, I give a slight edge to McDonald on the ground and a slight edge on the feet to Masasi. But it's there nothing. isn't really oh, Masasi is more to lose, obviously being the the, the heavier champ, yeah. heavier champion, and obviously he can lose his belt here, whereas mm-hmm. McDonald can't. And even regardless of how this works out, Rory's next fight will be in the welterweight bracket yep. where he'll be defending his title in every single round. Which by is the way. awesome. What a baller. Um, other way, I think uh, there's quite clearly a number one contender fight between Leoda Machida and Ricardo Carvalho happening on the other side. Of course, Musasi lost to Machida years ago in yeah. the UFC. So there's an inbuilt story there 
and then of course if Rory was to win they could do a rematch down the line which furthers what we were talking about earlier on the Bellator are doing everything right well, all they, of the fights have consequences now they, yeah yeah and there's there's options either way um Oh, I'm so hesitant to make a pick, but uh, you ha- I have to side with Masasi simply based off. I think they're equal everywhere, so size may may play, play into, into it, it, but then speed may play into it. And, and size may play into it, but also, like to play devil's advocate, size might play into it negatively, where Musasi may have to do a, well, he will be doing a larger cut than McDonald, presumably, which could theoretically... Fought, he fought a lot of his career at light heavyweight. Yep. Um so that's what I mean. It's 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 you know you could you could put forward the argument that the weight cut is actually what is detrimental to Masasi, or maybe you know he cuts fine. But he McDonald's puts it a back big on. underweight. I've always thought he eventually he would end up at middleweight, regardless of what. He's tall. He he's tall and he's six and, foot. Yeah, he's not he's not massive, but big broad shoulders, mm-hmm. um, and still only twenty nine. He looks a bit like Steve Jobs the way he dresses, the tactile necks. He does, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to call McDonald on this just because I, I really, I, I don't, I don't have an actual pick, and I'm going to play McDonald for two reasons. One is because I really want him to win because what a story, winning that all the first, well, not first, but you know, double weight champ. That story going into the the uh, the welterweight Grand Prix, oh, it, just is, it just adds another level to it because what you could find is you know McDonald might do something baller like win the middleweight belt, defend his belt in the welterweight Grand Prix, take another fight at middleweight, then fight in the Grand Prix again. You know, like, McDonald could come out of this like I, an I, absolute I, boss. The real winner is Bellator. Absolutely. They can't come out a loser. No. Whoever 100%. wins, there's, you know, even if Rory loses, he's the welterweight champion, he's in the Grand Prix. Oh, yep. he, was, he was the tough challenger. He went up a division. And if Musasi loses, well, then they've a two-weight world champion. That That is exactly it. Um, that I think, and, 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 and because McDonald is so good, even if Masasi wins comfortably, then he looks even better because that's Rory friggin' McDonald he's just yeah. handled. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, that that I think does wrap us up for this week. Um, Mel, it's been a privilege as always calling the Super Rad MMA show with you. Um, if anyone wants to get involved in the discussion, please do. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperAdMMA. Uh, you can find us on Palooka Media on YouTube. You can find us on Palooka Media on Facebook for the short fight films and the Jack and Mel MMA show for the MMA show. Um, we, of course, as always, open the feedback, open the discussion. If there's anything you'd like to change about the podcast, if there's anything that you'd, you'd like us to do differently or anything you'd like us to do more of, please just let us know. Is there anything you want to you wanna add before we no, shoot just the crew? Up. Like, share, subscribe, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. Pound that big red button. Am I right, Mel? Oh, good Lord, Mel. Okay, don't say that. It sounds bad. Peace. Peace.